welcome to the Good Talk Podcast. We remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 102. Failing forward, which is what you just did multiple times. I, I forgot the tagline. We, I've, I feel like I say this probably once a month on this podcast because you always, like, he cannot get the tagline. No matter how, I mean, this is now the 102nd time we've said that. I confuse the love of God and the joy of life. And if I get them out of order, then I'm messed. Joy of God and the love of life? Is that what you say? (laughs) I don't know. Oh my gosh. Anyways, we've we've had a weird week this week. We have had a weird week. Just kind of like wonky. We've... Fun though. Like... Super fun. You got a last minute surprise this week? Yeah. It was... What night was that? Wednesday? Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Um, I had a great friend text me and... Um, he was like, Hey, I know you love John Mayer and he's both of our friend, which um, you do love John Mayer. I love John Mayer's music. I don't know him as a person. So don't come at me about his personal life. I love his music, but, um, he was here in Nashville and I knew he was here and it's like a solo tour, which means it's just him playing and like <laughs> no bands. And so it's just like a really unique opportunity. Anyway, he was like, I have two extra tickets. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm going to be responsible. And I mean, this here. was at least six 30 at night and the concert was like at eight. No, no, no. This by the time I agreed to it, it was seven, seven fifteen. Seven fifteen. And the concert I, started at seven thirty. I have salmon. I'm cooking on the grill for our dinner. Yep, Pepper's obviously awake and chilling. And I literally, I looked at you. I was like, he said, "There's free tickets," and you're like, "Go, just go." I, sometimes you just have to do that. And so I literally ran into my closet. I was in yoga pants. My hair was dirty still from a workout. I had a hat on. And I literally just in five minutes threw on something and left. And I was there. I was in Nashville by like 745. He came on at 845. So like I made it in plenty of time. But it was like so unlike me to do that. It is very unlike you. That's why I was so proud you did it. Well, anyway, it was a great night. and I, But I felt terrible. I left you with two pieces of salmon, a toddler who hadn't eaten yet either. And I literally just left and didn't come back till like 1130. But it was I, awesome. And I like challenges like that. Like that's fun for me. It's like, okay. I can grill and make the asparagus inside and feed pepper. Like it's, it was fun, and well, I'm so glad sweet. you got that experience. It was really fun. I was like, you know what? I need to be more spontaneous in general. It's hard to do that with babies and toddlers, but I was grateful that you pushed me because had you not, I wouldn't have done it. So. No, you would not have. But I'm glad you did. Sometimes you just have to go to the concert. Yeah, and tonight, <laughs> two nights later, I'm going out with friends to go see the Taylor Swift movie. But that's been planned for like over a month. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I do feel bad bouncing two nights in a row or two nights this week. But you've been wonderful. Well, thank you. Halloween time too. Like everything, we're just, I'm just like buzzing. I know really you love excited. this time of year. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about fear today. Uh, failure. 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 Not that F word. Not, that, not fear. <laughs> failure. Cool. Talking about failure. So this kind of came up. I actually have been uh, working with some of my coaching clients around this topic. Um, it's been a, a, a big topic in our house because my son's high school football team, which he quarterbacks, has now, they're now 0 and 8. Yeah. Eight games in a row they've lost. Yeah. That's okay. It is okay, but we've I've had to like personally coach him through some failure. His coach got fired 
uh, last week with three games left in the season. So that was kind of traumatic for for my son. And so we've just been talking a lot about failure. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm regularly coaching my clients to constantly step outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But whenever you step outside the comfort zone, whenever you try something new, failure is inevitable. Yeah. Nobody does that perfectly. And most of us know that failure is a reality in life at some level. And it helps to understand how it can actually help us grow. And that's really what I want to do. It's kind of why I put this stuff together. I mean, I hate to fail. Um, I fear it. I dread it uh, when it happens. Uh, Sometimes I hold on to it way longer than I should. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think sometimes we give it power. Yeah. over our emotions and a lot of times it'll dictate our way forward if yeah. we don't learn to process it in the right way and i i just think it's often hard to let go forgive ourselves and move on and so i, I want to talk again about how you can frame up failure because you're going to have it we all do how you can frame that up in such a way that it actually becomes a stepping stone mm-hmm. instead of something that becomes this block that keeps you from moving forward okay so I created an acronym. Of course you did. I know. I, I, I have as much fun sometimes taking information and trying to make an acronym out of it as I do the actual information. As long as you spell the acronym correctly. I did. It's it's the word FAIL, F-A-I-L. Okay. Okay. And uh, the acronym for FAIL is FEEL, ACCEPT, INVESTIGATE, AND LIBERATE. Oh, good. Those are the four things that I think you need to do whenever you experience a failure. All right? Okay. So you want to walk through them? Yep. So feel? Feel's the first one. You got to you got to feel what you need to feel. Failure can take a really hefty emotional toll. I think on all of us, and that's okay. I mean, nobody wants it, right? But what's important is getting the negative feelings that you have out of your system so you can regroup and you can tackle whatever's next. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't let it stay trapped inside of you. Which is what a lot of people want to do. Because who, you know, no one's Instagramming about mm-hmm. their failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really don't want to talk about your failure. We love to talk about our successes and our wins. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, if you leave that bottled up, I think there's a couple things that happen. Number one, an emotional outburst of some kind is coming down the road for you. Yeah. And we've all, you know, you ever, Jordan? I know you've experienced this where. You're talking to somebody. Maybe maybe there is some kind of conflict with them, uh, and their response to that situation does not match the yes. situation. Yeah, that that that's what it is, right? More than likely, it's something. It may not be failure that they bottled up, but they bottled something up, and there comes this emotional outburst mm-hmm. that is going to happen. And often, our emotional outburst ends up getting targeted towards. Um, Husbands, wives, kids, mm-hmm. people who had nothing to do with right. the failure at right. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we all have some uh, easy targets in our life yeah. where that emotion gets pushed. Yeah. So you got to process. you got to feel it, right? And, and so one thing would be an emotional outburst. The other thing that I see is what I call creeping negativity. Mm-hmm. And this is where you kind of like, if you picture failure like this two-liter Coke bottle, Right, and you shake up that bottle, right? If if you don't open that top, eventually it explodes. That's an emotional outburst. But what a lot of people do is just crack the top just enough, right? Mm-hmm. Where it, it kind of loosen the cap. But the problem with just loosening the cap is that the negativity will slowly and persistently enter your mind. Uh, if you don't give it a chance to feel it all. So what I tell people to do is you gotta let it out. 
And a couple tips on that is set, set aside some time. So for the next two days, <laughs> I'm going to feel this failure. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe you, it depends on what the failure is, right? right, right. You might need a week mm-hmm. to like sit there with your feelings and literally feel it all. Don't mm-hmm. numb it. Don't run from it. Don't start something new right away to yeah. try to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Just feel it, mm-hmm. right? And the second tip I would say, and this is obvious, but so many people don't do this, is just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. Yeah, sometimes it feels like talking about it makes it more real, you know, especially if the failure is not like public or like yep. something that a lot of people knew about. It's like, well, if I don't talk about it, then there's safety in these zones of like the unknowns. Yep. And um, yeah, definitely. But it, here's what happens. If you think back in your past about every time you have processed a failure with another individual, mm-hmm. if you process with the right person, somebody who's safe, I can almost tell you what happened. They gave you a new perspective Mm -hmm. that you didn't have, right? Or they encouraged you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, normally it's a very positive experience. Yeah. And it's it's really not so much about what they say or how they respond. It's just part of the process of just getting it out, just yeah. talking it through. You and I, we, we do a daily walk. Almost every day we take a couple-mile walk together. Mm-hmm. And Pepper. Yes, the length of the walk depends on the mood that Pepper's in. But like that's been my spot. Like whenever I have a failure, something happened that just you know made me feel like a failure. Just to talk that out while we're walking, mm-hmm. just is that release that I need? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think for, I think back to times I've said something to somebody about like something that didn't go right, great or whatever. And I know you said it's often not about how they respond, but a lot of times for my personality type, the people pleaser, the Mm -hmm. performer, the, you know, whatever Enneagram three is, I needed that. I needed to hear, that's okay. Like no big deal. Just get back up. And, and you can tell yourself that all day long. You can read every quote in every book in the world, but when you're talking to someone that's meaningful to you and they're like, it's okay. Or I did that too. It immediately lifts this like veil of shame a little bit that you might've had around the failure. Absolutely. Yep. So I think that's really important. So again, you got to feel the A in fail was accept. I think this is really important. It's important to accept an accurate level of responsibility for your failure. What does that look like? Well, if you take on too much, it may cause some unnecessarily, you know, it it would cause you to unnecessarily blame yourself for things that you shouldn't blame Mm -hmm. yourself for. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, blaming other people uh, or unfortunate circumstances every Mm -hmm. single time that you have a failure prevents you from learning from it. Yes, yes. Right? So when you think about your failure, what I say is look for explanations, not excuses. Okay. Look for explanations. Like, identify the reasons you failed and acknowledge what you can do differently next time. Because we've all met people, right, that uh, they're always ready to blame other people, other events for their lack of success. Yeah. Right? With my son, he could easily use the excuse, the referee was biased. Mm-hmm. Other people say, my boss had it out for me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There was nothing I was going to be able to do to succeed there. Um, you know, if I hadn't gotten sick last summer, I wouldn't have missed several weeks of that training, and this wouldn't have happened. The, the excuses can go on and on and on. I think it's important to recognize when other external factors have affected your success. You don't need, and you shouldn't even try to blame yourself for everything, particularly if it's outside your control. But you got to recognize that what yourself could have done to improve the matters. For example, you could have trained, you could have worked harder, 
Uh, was there more research that needed to be done before you pulled the trigger on that idea? Did you really prepare for that interview in the best way possible? Take responsibility right, for the factors over which you have control and don't be tempted to hide behind the excuses. Mm, that's good. Because again, the goal here is not to blame yourself to create extra shame. It's to learn from this. Mm-hmm. That's that's what makes a failure not a setback, but a setup. Yeah, I think in equal parts, accepting you know your ownership is also accepting that the people around you may not be on the same train as you. Right. So, like I know in the past, like if I had a failure, there was been a group of people who didn't really want me to accept, you know, my sure. ownership. Like they're, they're kind of in the background, like wanting you to stay in the failure zone. Yep. And there will always be those people, unfortunately. And you know, that that's their own stuff like that. You can't change that. But as much as I had, you know, had to accept, you know, this is what happened. I didn't listen to my gut there. I didn't listen to my heart there. I should have been true to this. I should have been more honest. Like, I have to accept that about myself and learn, but then I equally had to accept that along that journey, there were going to be people who didn't want me to move forward in that yep. way. So I think that's a, that's almost equal parts difficult yeah. in that journey. But here's the thing. The moment you accepted responsibility, you took their power away. Yeah. yeah. You took their power away. Yeah. You acknowledged it. You owned what you could own. Mm-hmm. And then you move forward. Yeah. It's true. It's good. All right. Yeah. Uh, so you got to feel, right? You got to accept responsibility where you can accept responsibility. And then, uh, after that, you've got to, um, you got to investigate. The I stands for investigate and fail. Um, I failed at plenty of things in my life. I can go all the way back to when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and, uh, I tried piano, Mm -hmm. failed at that. Mm -hmm. I actually tried violin. Really? A short amount of time. It's like a month. Yeah, that didn't seem like your vibe. No, it wasn't, but piano wasn't either. So I was like, there's got to be some instrument out there yeah. I can play. I failed at that. Uh, you know, seventh grade, I miraculously made the basketball team. I'm still not sure how that, that happened. Is, that is a miracle. Short, you guys don't short, know Pete. He short lived. Tall. Short lived eighth grade year. Got cut from the team. Uh, I had a bid for sophomore class president that uh, I didn't get elected. Uh, and then as an adult, like, there have been plenty of failures, right? I, I, my very first dream ministry job I wanted I didn't get I went on to start a church uh, which was great but I didn't get that first job that I thought Mm -hmm. I wanted right Uh, I write a book somehow miraculously it becomes a national bestseller which means you now get to write more books (laughs) my second book and I don't know if I've ever talked about this publicly I know I've talked to individuals about it but uh, my second book that I wrote right after plan b wrote the entire thing turned it in and the publisher came back as this entire book is unpublishable. I didn't. You never told me that. I haven't. No. It happened during Christmas break. No. I turned it in like early December. And the week after Christmas, the publisher called me and said, this isn't good. Oh. The whole book. So you just had to scrap it and stop I it. I scrapped it. I still have it on my computer. No way. Yep. That's wild. That's really Yeah, it really wasn't like, oh, we need to massage this. We need to bring in a <laughs> ghostwriter to help you out. It was, no, this book does not work. None of it. Wow. Yikes. That would be so disheartening. Yeah, after probably seven months of work. Dang. But you know what? I went on, 
learned from that, wrote a second book, wrote a third book, and wrote a fourth book. But again, there was, you know, uh, created an online course. I thought tens of thousands of people would want to invest in them, like 20 people invested <laughs> it was more in than it. 20. Right? I mean, there, I, again, I've had relationships, friendships that have failed. But along the way, I feel like for the most part, I've learned. I learned from my mistakes because I investigated them. I learned what my strengths were. I learned where I really wanted to take my career. I learned that failures don't define me. I learned that in order to succeed, I need to fail. And I learned that it's possible to get better at something even after you failed. That's good. And all that happened because I investigated. We learn from our failures a lot more than we learn from our successes. I think everybody would agree about that. And, um, you know, instead of seeing a failure as a burden that's weighing you down, look at it as a stepping stone towards your goals. Yeah. And I think that I, the investigate, requires humility, which. In failure, you can do one of two things. You can be humble yep. or you can bulldoze forward and just try to keep throwing darts at the board without, you know, fully doing the work. Um, and I've known both types of people yep. and I can see where both types of people are. And um, so I, I think the humility aspect is is hard and it has to kind of be this intentional process because otherwise it is a lot safer in your heart to say, you know what? That happened. All right, let's go. Like, yep. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. And I can literally see a person's face right now that I know that that was their temperament and they're not doing well Yeah. because they never investigated and changed their heart or changed, yeah. you know, things that, that caused it. Well, and that's, and you're probably starting to see behind every one of these points in all these cases, it's, it's forcing you to slow down a little bit, mm-hmm. to slow down. Cause that's what you need to do. You need to our first instinct often with failure is I just want to overcome it. Mm-hmm. No, the first step is you need to learn from it yeah. and then move forward and overcome it. But you got you to gotta feel all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what we were just talking about. You got to feel it all. You got to investigate it, right? You got to accept the responsibility in it. And so like when I'm trying to investigate a failure, just some straightforward questions I ask is, this is an obvious one, why did you fail? What might have produced a better outcome? Was the failure completely beyond your control? Again, just gather the facts. Step back. Look at it objectively and just say, what did I learn from this that I can apply moving forward? Yeah, that's good. Don't let it be wasted. And then the L in fail is liberate. And I think the key to freeing yourself from failure is to not let it become a part of your identity. Mm -hmm. Failure is something that happens. It's not something you are. Yeah. I want to repeat that for Every single person that's in the midst of some kind of failure right now, failure is something that happens, not something you are. Mm -hmm. Just because you haven't found a successful way to do something doesn't mean that you're a failure. Uh, you got to be careful not to blur the lines between making mistakes and being someone who only makes mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? So one reason why some people find failure devastating is that their identity is tied up to it. Yeah. So... Again, it's not that they failed at doing something. They actually believe they, they are the failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where shame comes in, right? Uh, in other words, when they fail, they see themselves as a failure rather than perceiving that they have experienced a setback. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and if I feel like if you're in a season where you do feel like you are a failure, um, obviously all these four steps are really important that actually leads to the liberation, the FA and the I do. But I would also say, look around you yeah, and see who you're surrounding yourself by. And, um, 
And the people who do not want you to liberate yourself just draw very hard boundaries. Yeah. Like you're not going to please everybody. And you know, there's going to be that coworker that still is upset at you, or there's going to be the friend or the family member, whoever, but there, there are going to be people as you go through that journey of liberation. Again, failure is a lot of sizes, right? Like you can have small failures, you can have big <laughs> failures, you can have ended relationships. Like mm. the, there are different depths to failures and the deeper the fail that you feel like it was, or the more impact it had on your life, you're going to have people no matter what who are not wanting you to free yourself. Yep. And again, that has their own, that's their own baggage. Um, but their baggage is often carried by the people that they try to inflict it on. So Absolutely. Um, I think that's a really important thing to remember when you're liberating it, especially if you're surrounded by any level of shame, you're not going to feel like that you even deserve the liberation yep. and you do. Yeah, absolutely. And it, again, it, it comes down to that perspective. And I think it's important to step back. The, the closer you're, you know, focused in on the, on that failure, the more likely it is you're tying your identity to it. Yeah. You have to look at it objectively, mm-hmm. like, almost like it's something you're holding in your hand. It's mm-hmm. not you. Mm-hmm. You know, you almost picture failure like this thing you have in your hand, and you're kind of looking at it from every angle. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big part of this liberation. It's it's perspective. It's you know, here's the reality. Like you're hardly going to find a historic or current day success story that also does not have accompanied with that some story of great failure. Yeah. Right? And and if you ask those who have distinguished themselves through their achievements, they'll tell you that failure was a critical enabler of their success. They they had to have it. It was their motivator. It was their teacher. It was a stepping stone that, you know, moved them along that path of greatness. And the difference between them and the average person is that they simply did not give up. Yeah. Yeah. They pressed on, they moved forward. And so, again, I know it stinks. I hate it. But if you're in the midst of some kind of failure, you know, your career isn't where you thought it would be. Maybe your marriage isn't where you thought it would be. Maybe life is just not where you thought it would be. This isn't the time to just roll over and say, I'm a failure at everything. Nothing's ever going to work out. All right, this is the time to get serious. I, I also, obviously, I'm not encouraging you just ignore it mm-hmm. and just move on like it didn't happen. That doesn't help you either. Mm-hmm. Use this thing as a tool in your life. Yeah. You know, go back, feel whatever you got to feel, acknowledge whatever you got to acknowledge, investigate whatever you got to investigate mm-hmm. so that you can then be liberated from that failure. Yeah. And it becomes a stepping stone, it becomes a setup, not a setback. It's really good. Really good. I like that acronym. That's ser- I'm serious. It's good, isn't it? No, it is good. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's uh, not a fail of an acronym. I like it. That's helpful. Thank you. I hope it's helpful to anybody that's going through it. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. But like you said, failure is not who you are. It's something that happened, and you can be liberated from it. Absolutely. Don't give it more power than it deserves. Yeah, that's good. All right, guys, I hope that was super helpful. If it is helpful, um, give us a rating on um, Apple. That is super helpful to us as well as sharing um, with somebody that you feel like this might be helpful for in this season. Um, Because if it's not you, it's probably somebody that you know that's going through something like this. So um, super helpful to share. Um, And again, if you guys have... Any uh, requests for topics? Pete and I were just talking. When you get to 101 episodes, you're like, what else can we talk about that we haven't already talked about? Um, And of course, like Pete, you're a master content creator and you just, he literally, you guys just has these thoughts and is able to put this into a consolidated 
message every well, single week. And, and I, I, I love creating content, but what I love more than creating content is creating content that's helpful. That's helpful, yeah. And so anytime people share with us, hey, what about this? Or have you ever thought about talking about this? Or I'm struggling Sorry, with... Quite, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Because yeah. then we can tailor custom this information and make it as helpful as we possibly can. Yeah. So reach out on Instagram if you guys have any... Um, have any requests obviously you know i'm sure you know how to find us on instagram but jordan wilson and pete wilson <laughs> look us up um p, p wilson p the letter p wilson and i'm jordan underscore wilson underscore anyways um thank you guys for listening as always we love you guys we hope you have a wonderful week and that was another good talk, talk.